for the Ace Podcast, where we talk all things art, culture, and entertainment, but specifically a lot of stuff to pop culture. And with me today, I have my boy, Aaron. What's good? What's good, everybody? Nice to be back. Good to be here on this beautiful Friday evening when we're recording this. Excited to talk news. Excited about life. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. It ooh, it really is Friday evening. Well, I guess technically Saturday morning where I am, but um, Friday evening where you are. But how are you doing, man? How's your How's your week been? Oh man, uh, not gonna lie to you, it's been it's been, been kind of a poop. It's been kind of poopy. I was supposed to go see my my lady today. I was supposed to be in Florida today, mm-hmm. and literally yesterday, less than twenty four hours before I'm supposed to hop on my plane, she tells me she's not feeling well, and she goes to the doctor, gets tested, and finds out she has corona. Uh. So. Yeah, right. So I ended up having to move or cancel my hotel room, move my flight to like later in the year. But yeah, man, it was I was looking forward to this all week and it just kind of just God was like, how are you funny? I like I like that you got you and your plans. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work for me. But yeah, yeah that life just... still moves on. Yeah, what can you do? I mean, you got to... You got to be safe, but I mean, that still sucks. I'm sorry, man. That That's some shitty news to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is, you know. There'll be, there'll be other times. There'll be, there's always the future. There's always tomorrow. Yeah, yeah basically, uh, don't get sick. Live to see another day in the future. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But, um, yeah, my, myself, um, I don't know. Week's been okay. I'm currently sitting here. This cap on my head because my letting my hair dry from earlier. Um, but <laughs> going to a driving tomorrow, so that'll be fun. I've never uh, done one of those before. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah. So going with going with a friend, going with a uh, a romantic companion. I'm uh, I'm going. <laughs> I'll have some company, so it'll be fun. It'll be nice. Okay. Two okay. Of us. So it'll be nice um, going to see inside. Y'all out. can make it if you try. <laughs> you seen Inside Out? You said. Yeah, we're gonna see Inside Out and uh, Black Panther. So it's one of them double feature jaws. Okay, that's what's up. Both great movies. Yep. Great time. Yep. So decided to go ahead and do that. Um, other than that, the week has been really low key. Been playing uh, a lot of. Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is a pretty good game. Um, but yeah, How is, I've been, do, I, do, you, do I need to play the other two games to play that one? Um, well, Rise is the second one. You don't have to play the first one. Uh, it, it, even as far as the story goes, it only gives like some context with where I am in the story. It, it helps a little bit with context, but it's not like mandatory. Okay, that was the one on, on that PS Plus was given with for free, right? Yeah, that and uh, NBA, I think, 2K20. Okay. That's what's up. Okay. So, it's fun. I really dig it. Um, But I like the first one a lot, too. I know some people have have kind of mixed opinions on it, but I, re- I really like it. So, after this one, I, then I'll be like, finally, I can, I can play Shadow and be done with this trilogy. But, yeah, that's been fun. Just been trying to, you know, get through work, keep up with my clients and everything, uh, stay up on this YouTube grind i know that uh my boy was telling me 
the Flying Lotus and Denzel Curry have this Black Balloons challenge. So I, w- I couldn't sleep last night. So I was up till like three uh, writing and rewriting and recording uh, this song and trying to get it right. And so that's finally up. Just, I think it's the first thing I've po- like first piece of music I've posted in about a year over my SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to so hear that. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. Um, I'll, I'll maybe I'll put a link for something uh in it, but it's first piece of music I've done in a while, trying some new mixing techniques, and um, I just finished that American Pie video, so I can finally get started on that whole series. So, I don't know. I, I've been surprisingly getting stuff done in a in a decent amount of time. We'll see how long that productivity bug lasts. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll write in the near future. Who knows? Possibilities. Are- <laughs> but uh, since, since we've been on the topics of games, let's go to this first topic where we have the box art released for the first PS5 launch title, I would say, or one of the first uh, for Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I know we were talking about it earlier in the week. Um, the cover, it's it's consistent with the last game. Yeah, However, yeah. I I'm not the biggest fan like it it once the hype kind of died down of the actual game itself for the original Spider-Man I did realize that the the cover is kind of boring and I kind of get the same thing here I'll give them this it's consistent with the last game but it's just not particularly striking and uh, we also get to see the PS5 logo it's white, white on black, black on white, right? Instead of white on black, like the old ones were. But I don't know. What, what were your thoughts about the cover? Uh, first of all, I like to say that I think it's cool that the fact that after uh, what was it, Insomniac confirmed that there's a standalone game, mm-hmm. that this does fact have its own box art confirming, like doubling down, like yeah, this is its own kind of yeah. standalone game coming this this uh this holiday season i uh, like the like the ps ps5 case you know I'm like okay makes sense the logo's white as is the system mm-hmm. and i don't know man i like the, i like the simplicity of the of the cover yeah it kind of how peter's was red with just him on it and then miles is black with just him on it plus mm-hmm. you just see more detailing in the costume i don't know I yeah I, I like i like it's like let the game speak for itself granted would i like something would i would i be mad if it was something more elaborate or more creative or artistic no of course i'm always down for that but you know the cover doesn't really bother me that much i'm I'm just excited to play the game itself yeah i mean at the end of the day that that's the quality of the game is going to be what i'm going for um just just looking at the cover i'm like yeah it's it's a little bland but that's about it other than that at the end of the day i'm just more excited for the game i i wish it would get a port to PS4, I do think that's really unfortunate because the system's far from dead. Like, quite oh no, still, it's it's quite still far. cranking it out. Right, so I do think it is kind of it, infamous. Did the same thing um, with Second Son and First Light because I remember, if memory serves, Second Son was a launch title for the PS4. Uh, so this oh, is. Was it? I, I think so. There was one of the first titles for um, PS4, and the original Infamous games were on PS3, and they were they were launch titles for those systems. So this is pretty consistent with how they they run things. 
So it's not it's not a huge shock, but it is a little bit disappointing that I won't be able to use what I have now because given the whole pandemic and everything, it's not it's not I would love to pick up the game day one, but it kind of sucks that I probably won't be able to play it cuz just having access to that system is it's probably going to be something I, I wait for until more titles drop. Um, unless it's like a obscenely low price. Like if it's somehow by the grace of God, it's like $300 for the PS five. I know that's not going to happen, but if somehow it was that might actually like convince me like, all right, fuck it. Let me, let me shell out the three, the three eighty to uh, get the game and the system or whatever custom version they have. So I don't know. Maybe they'll drop their their own Spider Man themed PS Five. You think they might do that too, like they did for uh, Spider Man twenty eighteen? I mean, if they do, I'm I'm there. I'm there day one. <laughs> Miles is my boy. Right. Got to support his his system. But I would hope so. I would hope so because I imagine Miles's version is going to be like a black PS Five with like some red outlining on it, similar to his costume. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, why not? I'm I'm always down for more. Or Spider-Man memorabilia or, or Spider-Man inspired stuff. Yeah, so bring on, it on, bring it on PS5. Yeah, it, it, actually, I I would think I would fuck with that pretty heavy with like a it was like a black outer casing and a red lining, or it has like the uh, red spider logo on the outside where the black is. Um, yeah, maybe some accenting oh, kind of like where the lining is. Yeah, so if, if they end up dropping a uh, Miles Morales. PS5 edition. I'll probably pick that up. That comes like with the game and a specific theme. I think that'd be, that'd be pretty dope. But um, yeah. Overall, I mean, it's consistent box art. I feel like regarding the minimalism, it's not so much the minimalism that's the problem. I think it's just kind of the way it's used. It's kind of like you took an in-game model and you took a screenshot of it and just put. It is lazy in a way. I wish it, yeah. would, it would have, like, I don't necessarily expect the game to, or expect the, the box art to give plot details away, but, like, no. I would like it to invoke a feeling, you know? And it, the, the covers for both this one, this new one coming out, and the last one don't really invoke a feeling. Right. Granted, I do think, if you get the, if you get Spider-Man uh, PS4, and you flip the cover, that one has like really beautiful, really beautiful art. So maybe it's going to be the same kind of situation for this newest game. Because like, yeah, because the, the back is like, has a lot of stuff going on. But and if you flip the the cover, it's like Spider-Man and he's like, he's like in a pose of what's like a really busy New York yeah. going on behind him. So maybe you get something like that for Miles' cover as well. I yeah, think it's yeah. viewed almost as like an alternative alternative cover because they know that the the one that they're advertising is kind of bland yeah so and if they have like an alternate cover for the deluxe edition i think that'd be interesting like i, I think a good example of something that's kind of minimalist is a uh, is the final fantasy 7 remake cover which it's 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 a remake of the old playstation one cover um but at the same time it's like it's it's cloud and he's staring up at like this giant uh, Shinra energy engine, and the rest of it is mostly white. But I think it does kind of, even with the the angle, it's like angled below him. It's him looking up. There's kind of this sensation of 
mystery and fantasy because it's it's a fantasy game. So I think there is kind of the it's a way that uses minimalism to its advantage as far as the cover goes. I think to Spider Man, it's just like it, it, they basically put him on the front. It's like nigga, you know who it is? It's Spider Man. Like, you know what's coming. <laughs> He swings no, around, that, he punches like, bad guys. You know what it is. So <laughs> we've been here before. We've been doing this for years. Like, don't even play. <laughs> right, right. But um, yeah, I think that's all we really have to say until we get some more details about the game. Uh, speaking of black superheroes, Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Javicia Les. Javicia? Is it Javicia? Javicia? I think Batwoman. <laughs> Javisha Leslie, uh, you know I'm, I'm not even God friended me. I'm God I'm making friended me. Yeah, she's from God friended me. She's been cast as uh, the new Batwoman, and will be replacing Ruby Rose's character Kate Kane with um, a new one. I think her name is Brian Wilder, and uh, she she put out in a statement on Instagram. She said, "I am extremely proud to be the." F- I'm sorry, hold on. Oh, oh boy. Okay. I can't laugh. It's serious. I am extremely proud to be the first black actress to play the iconic role of Batwoman on television. And as a bisexual woman, I am honored to join this groundbreaking show, which has been such a trailblazer for the LGBTQ plus community. Okay. Um, first of all, let's get this out of the way. I... I'm unfamiliar with this actress, but the pictures that everyone has been using of her, she is absolutely beautiful. So, 100%. Yes, sir. Kudos to uh, to Greg Berlanti and crew picking a, a beautiful queer black woman for the role. Um, and Ruby Rose actually came out and said something too. She said, OMG, this is amazing. I'm so glad black, uh, <laughs> I was called a black woman. Black woman. <laughs> Sorry. The black woman of Gotham. Right. <laughs> the black woman of Gotham. But Ruby Rose said, this is amazing. I'm so glad Batwoman will be played by an amazing black woman. See how, see how it almost fucked me up? Uh, I want to congratulate <laughs> Javisha Leslie on taking over the Bat Cape. You're walking into an amazing cast and crew. I can't wait to watch season two. You're going to be amazing. So now, do you think she did that out of her own like her own will? Do you think the studio like can you can you just so support some people get behind this? I feel like it was kind of a mix. Um I feel like leaving the project, Ruby Rose may have had a mixed thing, but I do think because it is specifically a queer um black woman taking up the mantle, I feel like Ruby Rose is is definitely the type of person who would legitimately be like, oh, this is cool. I'm I'm glad a, a black woman is picking up this role. I do think it's it is interesting to me to to note it's like I am the first black woman to ever take the role of Batwoman, which I'm like it it's interesting only because specifically Kate Kane, who is Batwoman in the same way that Bruce Wayne is Batman, like their cousins, is like a redheaded Jewish woman. So um and I know they could have like made it. They could have done a, a different character from the Bat family. Instead, they went and made an entirely new one uh, called Ryan Wilder. I'm hoping they change 
the the reason how she becomes Batwoman just because of the optics of it is not good. So there's been uh, an alleged leak of the audition material, and essentially Ryan Wilder's character steals the suit uh, from Batwoman to get revenge on Scarecrow for her mother. And as interesting as a motivation as that is, having a black woman become a superhero by being a thief in terms of optics is not good. Yeah, isn't she like a like a drug runner too? Then wasn't that like in her official something, breakdown? Something like that. Um, or like she lives in a van or something. Like it's just like the optics of it is just not. It don't it don't look too great, <laughs> right? Because then because you have Kate Kane, who's like Bruce Wayne's cousin, who's like yeah, she's edgy, she's punk, but she also has money and kind of a career. And I feel like being like, oh, we're going to do a new, you know, queer woman of color that's going to pick up the mantle of Batwoman. But we want her to be like, I guess, more street or more gritty. I don't I don't know if they thought this one fully through because I'm, I'm guessing the whole departure of Ruby Rose was so sudden, given uh, the whole stuff with like her accidents and just a lot of poor reception to her character. Um, it does make me interested how they're going to handle yeah. her bat too because she has a beautiful mane of hair a lot of beautiful curls um very much so yeah they they better not they better not put that red that red wig on her <laughs> they no, better let that girl wear her hair you know what be the the one that uh pissed me off what you remember mr terrific from arrow yeah so his was the worst because every time he had to go from being like the scientist to Mr. Terrific. Remember, he had a full afro. Every single uh-huh. time he showed up, he had cornrows. Yeah, I'm like, bro, yeah, who got time for that? Who like, who? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like Oliver would be like, oh, we have to go stop this crime. There's, you know, somebody being murdered three blocks away. And all of a sudden, here, that's a, that was the only thing that would take me out of the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I can believe there's like Superman and the Flash and shit. But a nigga having manifesting cornrows magically, I'm like, was that his superpower? <laughs> it's, it's part of his power set. It's part, right. of, part of his abilities. That that shit is what is where my suspension of disbelief stopped. I'm like, yeah, sure. I can believe people with laser eyes and the speed force, but a black person managing to turn an afro into cornrows in the span of like a car ride? Nah, son. Nah. With a, surrounded by a bunch of white people, I'm like, they didn't do it. So that means he did it. Well, Yo, so I found the I found the description of of what Ryan Wilder's character okay. is. Go ahead, so read it's, it off. Put is likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed. She's also nothing like Kate Kane, a woman who wore the bat suit before her. With no one in her life to keep her on track, Ryan spent years as a drug runner, dodging the Gotham Police Department, masking her pain with bad habits. Today, Ryan lives in her van with her plant. She's she, a girl who would steal milk from an alley cat, could also kill you with her bare, her bare hands. Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and wildly undisciplined. An, an, an out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, infallible, and very much not your typical all-American superhero. Yeah. So I'm... Interesting. Why do they got to describe her as a woman who would steal milk from an alley cat? 
Yeah, why is she a drug runner? What's up with that? Greg Berlanti is his shows always strike a, a weird chord with me because while I do appreciate the them over at CW going out of their way specifically to produce content that's more inclusive of like queer and people of color actors at times it kind of feels disingenuous like i remember very briefly there was a whole thing on supergirl about that um trans woman who was the actress who was like the first trans superhero who has like the blandest power set too (laughs) i'm I'm like oh she she has like super strength and shit like good for her um cool but it, it always seems like I, I appreciate it. Maybe uh, I'm coming from a, a weird perspective, just because like a, a straight dude. But it a little bit. It does feel a little bit. I think the problem is because the writing for it is never that great, because it's it writes them less like here is a character in a relationship and more like isn't it so? It's like oh my god, look at the drama between this straight person or this gay person. Like I think it's just the melodramatic part of the CW kind of creeps in and becomes a, a issue with a lot of the characters. So I'm really worried for this actress and this character specifically, because Batwoman really did not have good reception for that first season. No, it did not. I didn't watch it. I'll say I, that much. I kept saying I was going to watch it and never did. So the only experience I had with uh, Kate was in the two crossovers. So in uh, Christ on Infinite Earth and um, Elseworlds. Which I thought she was fine. I think she actually had really good chemistry with uh, Supergirl. So I thought they were going to try and do like a Brave and the Bold thing with that. Um, I thought that would have been really interesting. But I I guess that wasn't the case. Um, And so, I mean, weirdly enough of all places, fucking 4chan is cool with it. Which I'm like, the cesspool of evil agrees that this was good casting. I'm concerned. I'm really worried for this actress. So I'm hoping they do Leslie justice. Um, Cause she seems nice. Seems like a nice person. I don't know anything about her. I haven't, I, I'm looking at uh, what she's been in. Have not watched God friend of me. Uh, do not watch the family business on BET. Haven't watched always a bridesmaid. Um, a, a part of me hopes that there's like a proper torch passing, but I highly doubt that. But, um, I don't know, because cause, um, she's not coming back for the season, the second season. So she's yeah. going straight up steal the suit in case it's not even going to be none the wiser. Yeah, Which I just... It's really strange. That, that part is... Uh, I mean, it'll certainly... I won't lie, casting a black woman as Batwoman will certainly garner my attention. I don't know if they intentionally wanted... Uh, to try and pull that minority demographic, but there is an extensive history of replacing redheads with black people. So I think I, they know what they were doing. Um, but it'll, I'll certainly give season two a chance. It'll be, uh, I guess, kind of a soft reboot uh, with Ryan working with the Batwoman team. But I, I'm hoping they, they change around that origin for her. That just doesn't... that The optics of that isn't good, that, especially with everything that's going on. It just doesn't seem particularly the right time to have black woman gritty thief um right 
So I'm I'm hoping that they aren't just having a black woman as Batwoman. I, I hope they're getting some kind of other people of color in that writer's room as well to kind of catch shit like this. Uh, yeah, no, well, I, I totally agree. Yeah, so like, like her wanting to get uh, justice and revenge on Scarecrow for um, her mother, that's cool. I think that's a solid motivation for somebody to like put on a, a superhero costume. It's just like how she gets the suit. Um, I think maybe it might be a little stronger if if maybe Kate abandons uh, that costume and she like happens upon it. Like maybe she's down on her luck and she's trying to kind of, I don't know, make an armor and she starts sifting through Wayne Manor debris and that's how she finds it. So instead of stealing it, she like happens upon it sometime after like Kate Kane has just gone missing or some sort of Justice League, Justice Society shenanigans has happened and she's off world or out of state or whatever. I just think there's maybe a better way to, to write that, but who knows? You know who she reminds me of? Uh, just reading that description, she kind of reminds me of um, Jason Todd. Did you get those vibes? Like she, she's a thief. Now that you, you know. say it, I, I see it a lot. <laughs> right? Oh, I'm just like, they just, they just replace Kate Kane with a black Jason Todd. <laughs> Kinda. Which? Because Jay, I remember Jason Todd uh, stole the the rims off the Batmobile, and that's why Bruce He's went. I could use a kid like you. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah. So, which, a black Jason Todd from a storytelling perspective, like a black female Jason Todd, is probably just kick-ass uh, three or four, but <laughs> but also, I think that would be, like, a really interesting narrative direction, especially since we have the Lazarus Pit and shit introduced, so kind of making a, a, a equivalent, I think, would be interesting, because I, I don't... I think this this is an opportunity to kind of have a black character, like a black woman character, especially a black queer woman character who has those nuances and isn't just strong, sassy black woman. That is my like primary. I have so much, so many concerns about this character falling immediately into stereotypes. Yeah, well, let's hope they pull it off well. I I'm hoping so. I'll um I think I'll earnestly give the first couple of episodes a chance. Uh yeah, maybe, I'll check it out. Yeah. So maybe I'll go back and give a couple episodes of season one a chance. I tried it with Charmed. Couldn't do it, but like CW is is a chance. They've had a lot of cancellations too. Um fucking Sabrina and Katie Keene. Not to be confused with Kate Kane, both got canceled, but um so it'll it'll be interesting to see how they how they go forward with that. Um, but we we also have some other DC news, and, and I also want to get your thoughts on something after we go through this one. We have a new Gotham Police Department show that's been announced and greenlit and set in the same universe as Matt Reeves' Batman. I don't give a shit, bro. We already had Gotham, and that was bad. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't care about the lives of normal people in fucking Gotham City. I don't... Right. I don't think supernatural procedurals make for particularly interesting content in a world where there's more interesting characters. And this is probably the most egregious one. I think it'd be different if it was like Coast City, where Green Lantern's at. 
Um, but if you have like Central City where the Flash is, or like a Metropolis, like imagine doing a show called The Daily Planet. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. I could not care less. Exactly. Why? Okay. Why should I? You know, it makes me think about those shows like uh, like Alfred. You know, because mm-hmm. why? I'm sure the show is great, but like, why should anybody care about a young Alfred without yeah. Batman? Oh shit! I forgot about that too. That is still a thing. Because <laughs> so it was a spinoff of, of Gotham. I'm like, bro, it wasn't like, bro. I don't. I I think that's what it started as. It might it might not be canon to it, but I think it originally started as a as a Gotham spinoff. Okay, interesting. Now I didn't know that. Yeah, but like, because it's on like a nothing channel that nobody watches. How is it gonna be a spinoff to a spinoff? Of I don't know, bro. Like, I just, there's a lot, like, it, it'd be different. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can kind of work because you end up having them do their own stories. But the problem, because, right. like, there's so many fucking superheroes in the Marvel Universe, there's, like, enough space for there to for you to use lower-level characters. I think the issue I mean, with, like, go ahead. Issue with what? No, issue with what? I, I think the issue is just kind of, like, with something like Gotham PD. Or, or Gotham in general is that you're kind of restricting yourself because of the nature of what it is, unless you have those other characters show up, which we know they won't. Right, because because it's it's attached to this property that comes a certain expectation for for certain things to happen. But yeah, I don't know for for myself, and usually just with with sort of spinoff projects that kind of like uh like like powerless or whatever they don't really they have to justify their existence by adding something to the show that i didn't know that i wanted like have it have like witty characters or have it have like a the a unique way of the story unfolding or something of that nature you know but usually these shows are really just to cash in on the things but we already know just like a glorified kind of Easter egg situation. And I don't know, man, I feel like if, if a trailer can convince me the show has characters worth being invested in or worth my time through being entertaining and the plot itself seems interesting, I'll give it a chance, but usually they don't tend to tend to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to give it a shot, but you know, the trailer, the trailer is what'll make it or break it for me. And then if other people who are braver that happen to check it out, say it's worth the time, worth the, worth the time Mm -hmm. that I know that I'm like, okay, maybe I'll check it out. But as of right now, I have no interest. And and I think in the case of like hypothetically, let's say they did a, a Daily Planet show, I think it would have more room because with a show that's set in a police department, you're kind of constrained to that city. Yeah, like Arrow, they're superheroes. They function in a city, but they move around to they can move around to other cities. Uh, Daily Planet, you can probably get outside the city more. When you're focused on something like a police department, you got your districts and territories that you're supposed to watch. Yes, Gotham is a big-ass city, but, like, also, and we'll get into this in a second, I'm so over DC sucking Batman's dick. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
it is like I'm I'm tired of Batman spinoffs that aren't about either Batman, Batman supporting characters that could carry a show. Like I'm not the I'm not really a Titans guy, but at least they're doing something with like Nightwing and Jason Todd. Like that's still that's still I give them something for effort. Um, like I like you could do a Batgirl show. You could do Nightwing, Jason Todd. Spo- um, fucking spoiler. Uh, what's what's her name? Um, um you could do you could have given us a the question show is like uh, a mystery and also procedural show like Lucifer works because they get to travel more. Those characters are less known. So you have a lot more flexibility with it. But Gotham, you have all these interesting characters like I, I do want to get your opinion on Harley Quinn in a minute, but I'm like, I'm tired of them sucking Batman's dick. And also with this being in this supposed to be in the same universe as Matt Reeves, Batman fucking. I just, I, I have to make sure I have to know if I like Matt Reeves, Batman, cause I'm, I like Matt Reeves as a director and writer. I trust him. I, I'm skeptical about Robert Pattinson. Um, and as a lot of people are, I'm kind of apprehensive to it just because he doesn't exactly look the part. So, you know, if it, if it's great, cool, that'll probably swing me more in the show's favor. But like you said before, right now, I don't have mad interest in seeing it. Yeah, granted, I'll see it just because, you know, it's Batman, another movie, and I trust the director slash writer. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think the the show coming out of the Gotham Police Department, very very odd, given that we just had a show called Gotham following the police. We (laughs) did. So what are you going to call it? We literally just had one. Gotham PD. I I don't know. It's probably going to be more raw and more gritty. But do you think this move to make it a spinoff of the Batman Matt Reeves. Do you think that it is a testament to the quality and faith Warner brothers has in the movie? Or do you think it's them preemptively trying to cast grab on something simply because of the name of Batman? If it wasn't for the fact that DC has already announce like 20 other projects i would have agreed with you on the first part but i think this is another case of them kind of jumping the gun on the popularity of something and i say this to someone like i like batman when he's well written inherently as a character i always admit i'm not really a fan of him so his writing and like acting is always what saves him as a character for me um so, like, regarding that, I think it's just them jumping the gun again, making something that nobody really wants. Like, I, I would much rather get something more focused on more, like, other members of the Bat family. Like, right. if, you, if you had, like, a Batman Incorporated and you had, like, um, Lucius Fox and his son as Batwing... You have like a Batwoman, you have Batgirl, you have all of the Robins. You you'd maybe like even if it was like a Damian Wayne origin series, I think that would be more interesting. Cause then you have the whole League of Shadows. That would be cool. No, that'd be that would be interesting. I think as I ponder upon it more and the more we talk about it, it makes me I'm curious, because though I do want to see a trailer and I think that'll ultimately mm-hmm. decide 
if I'm even willing to give the show a chance. I think the fact that it's on HBO Max and given that it's kind of promoted as, promoted as its own Netflix and they have Doom Patrol mm-hmm. kind of impl- implies to me that it's going to be something of a darker tone, something more mature, something that would not be restricted to the limitations of network TV, which in that vein, if they do take it in a in a unique direction, I think that makes me more inclined to mm-hmm. give it a shot. And hopefully hopefully they um I don't know, maybe they'll they'll stick to the to the model they have of doing it week to week, or maybe they'll try the Netflix model with it of just releasing it all at once. Uh that is uh that is yet to be seen, but I think it is an Though it seems kind of played out to do something Gotham-based, I do. I will say my intriguement in this show hinges on how well they execute both Gotham City and the representation of the police department within the film. The Batman. yeah, and is, like Je- once- is Jeffrey Wright coming over too as Commissioner Gordon? That Ooh. that. That may actually swing my opinion a little bit because I just remember that he's playing Gordon for a Matt Reeves movie. So, and they have him already. HBO has him for Westworld. They've had him consistently. So that might have been how they might have swung it over. So that may edge it a little bit more in my favor because I think he's a very talented actor. Um, and he's, actor. A, he's a great actor. Great pick for Gordon. Uh, one that I didn't expect, but I'm okay with, which is what that whole cast is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I, I, I would need, I, I think at the end of the day, like you said, it's going to hinge on what is in the trailer. If it's like Gotham PD going up against like familiar faces that haven't done, that haven't really been seen on screen. So if it's like Gotham PD versus a court of owls type situation for like season one i think that would be interesting for like a if you're doing it like a daredevil a 13 episode mini series first season they're going up against this second season maybe it's um maybe it's like a a different crime division that that's like known in batman lore or maybe they're trying to find bruce's parents killer and then we get the introduction of other members of the bat family i think a lot of what would keep my interest hinges on how much it incorporates batman because i hate to say it but i consider the two kind of inseparable as far mm. as could go um at least from what from what it's it's kind of like a mirror thing i would say you can have uh batman without gotham but you can't really have gotham without that aspect of batman right yeah, and it's going to be kind of weird. Like, would it be... Because I think the, the prequel thing's kind of played out. Like, are they going to... I don't know. They really they would really have to differentiate themselves from the Gotham show that we just got not too long ago. Because, like, how are you going to have a Gotham PD show that doesn't feature Batman? Yeah, I, I, know, just, man. I, I don't think people want... You've tried it before. It didn't work. Um, you made an origin story. This is how Batman became Batman, as well as all the other villains. A lot of people, a fair amount of people liked it. I wasn't one of those people. It was it was a different take. We tried the experiment, but I don't think there's ever been a live-action adaptation that really gave people what they wanted to see. Um, but given the actors that they're casting for this movie, 
they might be able to swing them for this budget. Because, like, Robert Pattinson is, is, a, is a bigger name talent, but he's not like a Robert Downey Jr. where it would blow your entire budget to get him for an episode. Same thing for Zoe Kravitz or um, Jeffrey Wright or whoever they cast for the, the Riddler and um, the, the other guy for Penguin. Like, these, it, it'd be a little costly, but to get him for an episode to, like, play their character from the movie... If you if you're doing that with like the crossover, that could work. Mm. No, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that definitely mm. working. Because Zoe Kravitz does a uh, Amazon shows, so to it'll certainly up her price after she plays Catwoman. But like, I don't think it would be out impossible to get her for an episode. You just have to handle the show smartly and don't make it like fucking 26 episodes on some CW bullshit. Just make it make it a tight 10 at best 13. Make it focused. Yeah, make it focused, you know, make every episode count. And I think, yeah, I think that honestly increases your chances for a, a better flowing show and a, a, a narrative with purpose. Right. Um, so there, there's one last piece related to DC. I kind of want to get your opinion on, did you finish Harley Quinn season two? I did. Yeah, I okay. finished it. I want to get somebody's uh, thoughts on it. What did you think? I like season two. I didn't realize that some people, uh, took the issue with it. I really liked season two. I, I, enjoyed, I, season two. I enjoyed season two, but I didn't like it as much as season one. Um, I felt that it definitely, was trying to, to go in unique directions. I do mm-hmm. admire the the steps it took to differentiate to differentiate itself from the the comics and kind of try mm-hmm. some new things there. But I do think that sometimes it was um, a little inconsistent. Like for example, they introduced that mm-hmm. girl early in the season, and in the second half of the season, she's like not really there, which yeah. doesn't really it makes sense why she wouldn't be there and yeah they kind of I, I mean, there were some things that that happen later in the show that weren't entirely teased in the beginning of the show or in the first season and they just kind of make this plot that happens in the second season granted i do think the way they they pay it off works but i don't know i would have liked to seen a, a more um, consistent kind of through line of the series i felt i felt the mm-hmm. first season was was very focused there was very much an objective yeah. there and there wasn't really that for this season they kind of had an objective in the first half of the season kind of abandoned that and switched over to this new thing and while, while also kind of forgetting i guess storylines or, or characters that they introduced in the the first half of the season so mm-hmm. i do think overall it was entertaining and i do enjoy these characters in the world that they established, I just would like to see a more um, consistent season three. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can go into spoilers for it. I, I, I think uh, I agree with you on, on pretty much all, all facets of it. I do think season one's a little bit more focused in terms of Harley and her goals um, as like the resident Harley Stan, uh, my problematic fave herself. Um, the, the romantic subplot, 
I've kind of been waiting for in terms of adaptation. I think they handled it pretty all right for the most part. Um, but given their like their villains and how it kind of played out was interesting. I do think there were a handful of episodes that were like really good in terms of Oh, I'm, I agree. I'm impressed at how they handled some of the pacing. I think it was that backstory one that really got me. So it was like episode eight or nine or something like that. It was like that one and the dark side one were paced. No, it was the, it was the backstory one where she was talking with Joker. The backstory Um, one she was talking with Joker. Remind me, remind me again. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. It showed Harley as a psychiatrist. And I think it was the first time she met Joker. Oh yeah. And then it was was meeting with, uh, it was Ivy as well. With Ivy. Yeah. That one was like weirdly, really well paced, which kind of caught me off guard because at the end I'm like, it, it didn't feel like 30 minutes. It it felt somehow slower, like it kind of took its time telling that whole story. Um, but I, I do think it was this the season was definitely a little bit more chopped up in some regards. I do like what they ended up doing with Joker. The the end part of it I'm not extremely happy about i think it would have been interesting had he stayed the same but how they incorporate it into his character going forward um i think is interesting it also made me realize i'm really i'm really on the fence with some of these voices (laughs) that they cast for it and we're kind of stuck with them which is disappointing like who um fucking damn it i just i just had him um king shark's cool Harley, her voice has grown on me. It actually has uh, some decent nuance to it. So Harley's cool. Ivy's cool. Um, my man in the wheelchair is cool. Cyborg. Cyborgman. Um, Cyborgman. Yeah. yeah he's, he's great. Fine. There was uh, Bane. Bane's voice. I. You don't like Bane? No. Really? No. I like him oh, as a character. All about it. No, I like him as a character. It's the. And I know the guy they picked is doing an impersonation of, like, that Dark Knight Rises thing. I just think the joke for it kind of wears thin. Um, okay. Re- regarding, like, the performance part of it. His dialogue and him as a character, I do like. It's the the direction where they take his voice. Um, like, Lex Luthor is uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. He is perfect. Yeah, I would love to see him as a yeah. live-action Lex Luthor. He's amazing. Yeah, um, he's great. He's great. I don't. For me, I don't know. I, I understand where you're coming from. For me, it doesn't really bother me because I'm. I don't know. I feel like at this point, I associate this voice and the this the voice associate the voice coupled with the kind of character mm-hmm. he is is a different version of Bane than the Dark Knight Rises Bane. Granted, I feel like they have similar voices and there was inspiration yeah. there, but. I feel like I don't know. There's kind of like a like a like a like a lovable idiot quality to this version of Bane, which kind mm-hmm. of I don't think I think his voice is supposed to be reminiscent of that that powerful leader, but everything else about him doesn't really line up with that. Even though he is strong, mm-hmm. he's kind of like a big lug, and he's kind of gullible, which I, I don't know. It kind of works for me. And, um, I think it's kind of the inverse for me is because I 
I know that part of the the show's charm is that they do kind of poke fun at these characters, but uh, and are also faithful in some regards. I, I think I just want a little bit better for Bane because Bane kind of keeps getting the short end of the stick in villains in terms of uh, adaptations in a lot of regards. Um, not all the time. Some some are solid. Like his his other animated film versions are pretty good. I, I just think I would want a voice that is a little bit more fitting. Like when I first heard it, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. So it, it, it's like, it, it, I can't separate the voice from the source of it. And the source of it is kind of like this one joke. And it was a joke that I don't think I ever found particularly funny. So it kind of, it's like, Oh, Tom Hardy sounds weird in this movie sound like um tom hardy in the movie but then you like kept it going for <laughs> like 13 plus episodes so I'm right like, so his is one and then joker i like come and go with because i it's it's weird to say I, maybe it's like an intonation thing because there's moments where i'm like it's fine and then there are other moments where it's like what the what the fuck? <laughs> no, I, I feel you. And I feel like, I don't know, they kind of, how would I say it? I, I guess they kind of toned down Joker because they, yeah. they wanted him in the story, but not enough to disrupt the flow of what was happening. Like, we want we want you in this thing because we, we, we have you have an important part to play for this one part, but like, you know, we want, we kind of want you to like be domesticated so we, we can move on with the rest of our story. We don't want, right. we don't want the the past trauma of what Harley Quinn had to go through to, to mess up the flow. Like you, you live your life with your happy family and stuff. Maybe we'll catch up with you later, but you were just like a side piece. So we can get from this point a to this point B. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could have got very messy had they inclu- included him more in the story. I, I think with like the the casting of some of these roles, and they're just there now. I think what it comes down to is, in a lot of cases, and and this is uh, just a personal thing. I think what I saw of the character, the way they're written is fine. The people they selected to play them weren't. I didn't expect them to go with like the stereotypical voices exactly. But they kind of took a a very different turn. Um, and it's too late now. I don't really want them to be recasted. But I guess it's like the voices don't exactly match the the appearances. Aside from like Kite Man, Ivy, and Catwoman, and I guess Harley now. Basically, basically the women are fine. It's like all the, it's a lot of the dudes where I'm like, I didn't expect that voice to come out of your face at all. Lex Luthor's is one of the few. I'm like, no, nah, that's perfect. Um, casting Diedrich Bader as Batman always takes me the fuck out of the show. And really, I, I, it's weird because I think Diedrich Bader is, I think he's a good voice actor, but he's one of those voices where you always know it's him, like the dude from Bob's Burgers. And I always hear Diedrich Bader is Haas Delgado from Billy and Mandy. Oh, yeah. I feel and, you. And he has such a specific voice and vocal intonations. It's like um, Patrick Warburton is another great example who plays Joe on Family Guy. You always yeah. know it's him. 
you always know so, it's him, but I feel like, yeah, I, I I understand what you mean. I feel like you always know it's him, but I feel like the type of character they're having for that particular performance is is fitting. He's mm-hmm. not trying to be Kevin Conroy's Batman. But I no, feel like, not at all. Yeah, and it's it. I don't know for my for myself. I feel like it's it's an interesting kind of take on Batman because, like, yeah, he's like he's still Batman. You know, he's still he's, the Batman oh yeah. we know. Which is Batman but episode was pretty damn good. I thought, yeah, I thought it was one of the best of the the series. Yeah, I agree. But but it's still like there's there's still like poke fun in him. Like they don't. Yeah. I think the way they use him is is very. It's good. It's they very they well use done. Batman pretty well in the show. Um, yeah, he he doesn't take over the show. No, but thank God. He doesn't take over the show, and but they use him in a way that that pokes fun at some of the the characteristics of the character without making it a character of the character. Yeah, so it's I I know it pokes a lot of fun and does some twists of the character, but I think it works in a way that's still pretty respectful to how the characters function. I think it, it takes what is known about the characters and uses that as a, like it, it takes an awareness and knowledge of it and tweaks it in a way to make it uh, entertaining or to do what they need to for the, the stories. Um, what do you think about the, the, the season finale with um, Harley and Ivy and everything? Um, I've been waiting for it. But it does feel a smidge hollow. I think what kind of like when they when they first uh, escaped from from Bane's underground prison featuring George Lopez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a trip. Yeah, I think it, which also I think had one of Bane's better moments as well as an interesting moment for Ivy um, with her just kind of being a little bit more honest and open. Um, and they had that first kiss that definitely actually, it, it was interesting because the way that last part is directed and I had to replay it <laughs> like three times, the way it's directed is like very human. I don't know if that's, a, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a compliment. It's a weird thing to say just because like when they escape the pit, it's like, it felt organic. Yeah, it felt organic. And, and the way they kind of match eyes, it's like, oh my god, you saved me. Like, it, it felt it felt natural for these characters, and I think that was an interesting kind of conflict to put in. And then we had the bachelorette party on uh, Paradise Island, or on Themyscira, and they fucked, like, four times. Yeah. Which that I, was funny. She's like, oh, no, it, it'll never happen again. Gets drunk. It's, uh, what was it? Um, Cobb Squad? <laughs> Yeah, Cobb Squad. That was pretty great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but the ending to hollow. I don't want to say like fully hollow. I think it just. I think because since the 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 plot this season was trying to balance a couple different things, so it's trying to balance. Did it? Did it so it felt. Let me. I'm just trying, trying to trying to. I'm sorry. Are you trying to balance what now? Uh, I was just saying that, like, I think because they were trying to balance, like, a couple different plots or or subplots um, with the season, since it wasn't as focused, it was a little bit more with um, delving into subplots and, and motivations for characters. 
I, I think right. how no. it ended was it wasn't exactly hollow. It might have just been a tiny bit. It was built up, but it was weird because it was built up, but it was also a, a tiny bit rushed. I think. Yeah, with, it didn't I think feel it was as execution was. It didn't feel as organic as the the initial inciting incident of the kiss. Yeah, the I first think, kiss. I think it's because we didn't get to see. We saw Ivy kind of battle with it a little bit. I I don't think. I think by introducing the subplot with Dark Side and the Parademons, it kind of sidetracked a couple of opportunities for Ivy to be a little bit more introspective because it's Harley's show. We get to see a lot more of her processing with it and her trying to like push away her emotions from it. But I don't think we got to see Ivy as much battle with the guilt of, of cheating with also how she may truly feel about being with kite man. Um, but I do think it was kind of funny how it all hit her at the altar. It's like, yeah. And like us with our four kids and you driving a sedan and like it's one of the few moments like I like Kite Man. He was a character that really grew on me. He annoyed me. As he was annoying as shit. Like the first two episodes at the beginning of the show. But as time grew on, I actually quite liked him. So even now, <laughs> in conversations, I'll be like, Hell yeah, Kite Man. Hell yeah. You know, I do it all the time. Yeah. So I blame him for that. He Shark's a really cool dude, and I did end up feeling kind of bad. But he he was going through all his shit that he wanted for them at the altar. I like I'm like oh bro she's not gonna go for this at all and then you see him really like kind Chuck's a lot smarter than he looks like they they don't give him enough credit he's a pretty aware guy um he's yeah. like he's a he's a regular guy but like he's he pays attention so he's like he no yeah he's like I saw your face you weren't into it it's like I love you but you don't love me and also like right. um, that was very mature of them to do that. Yeah, yeah. I I think just I like that it ended with the wedding. I, I, it's just something about I think it's just something the way that it was kind of paced at the last bit. I think it just comes back to the whole thing of not getting enough of of Ivy's half. It feels just a team. Exactly. You know why I don't feel like it was organic is because at the end of the episode, I got the the feeling that. Ivy was someone just trying to figure out what she wanted and Harley Quinn was already someone who was set to know that she wanted Harley Quinn. So the fact that it ends with them riding off together and them kissing doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like yeah. the proper solution to a season. I'm like, I don't think Ivy's on the same page as Harley. Like, yeah. right, that's what the, that's what the end of the season kind of implies, but everything leading up to that doesn't really track. Yeah, I, and I think it's um, I think it's because the turnaround is so quick, quick, because she yeah. spent all this time and energy and effort trying to get Chuck's dream wedding to to go right, and then at the end she just kind of, um, I I know what they were trying to do is try to be like, oh, I realized that I loved you all along, but I think the way it ended up playing out is like, um, she kind of really jumped from chuck who she had good chemistry with I, I do believe that she did care about him and she did to an extent love him but not enough to i don't think her, she wanted that future for herself nor did she expect it so i think i think she does have love for harley too but that was also a, a thing with the problem in the season is harley being kind of selfish oh 
hundred percent very selfish. Yeah, but you know, makes her a flawed character, which you know, I don't. Which I, I don't. Yeah, no, I appreciate my my characters having complexity and and flaws, and it's interesting because Harley Harley Quinn, this version of her, has kind of become like my synonymous or what I associate Harley Quinn to be like. Whenever I see mm-hmm. like the classic Harley Quinn and hear her like her traditional or her exaggerated New York accent, like an injustice or whatever. I'm like, Oh, right. That's what she's, she's traditionally sounding like, but I'm so used to, yeah. uh, what's the actress who plays her in the show? Um, the name? Fuck, Kaylee yeah. Kaylee yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, that's the, what I'm accustomed to Harley sounding like, even though it, she does kind of go in flux of sounding like herself and trying to sound like the New Yorker, Harley, like, Whenever she says Mr. J, like it feels like a different accent coming out entirely. It it and, comes out around and I, I've noticed that that's a I'm almost certain they're directing her that way. Remember the episode where she uh, went back to see her family? Yeah. It was out that almost entire time. And I'm like, they did this shit on purpose. That was was that in that was in season one, right? Yeah, it was in season one where like her they had the assassin that was trying to kill her and it was like through her dad, her accent came out a bunch of times during that. I'm like, okay, so her not having it as strong is a deliberate choice. So I think it's one of those things. Um, because I don't think she had it when she was doing being a doctor either. So I think that's another. Not to go like super deep on fucking the Harley Quinn cartoon, but I think it might be an aspect of her suppressing some of who she is. Um, so I think that can create a interesting dichotomy because it seems to have kind of carried over from Harleen Quinzel is like the doctor to Harley Quinn, the psychopath anti-hero. Right. Interesting. So you think that that accent comes out around the people in her, her life who she views as, as toxic? I think it comes out around them. I think it comes out when she gets excited, like emotionally excited. And so toxic people can bring that out of her. Right. Whether it be negative, negative excitement or positive. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Man, it makes me want to go back and kind of watch it so I can, so I can see. Right. Like, I'm not saying there's like a a lot of mad nuance in Harley Quinn, but that was something that I did pick up on as someone who likes the accent. Cause I, I grew up with, you know, I think most people that grew up with the animated series grew up with Arlene Sorkin's version, who I still hold is like the top one. I'm like, you can't beat the OG, bro. She she had right. that shit on lock. The character is based off her. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you you have any other thoughts before we go on to uh, Power Rangers and trailers and last thing? Uh, I'm curious to see where the season, the third season goes. You know, yeah. I, I wonder they tease it at the beginning. Tease it in the middle of the first season if they'll ever do the Suicide Squad within the show. That's Ooh, what I want to know. That would be interesting. I, I'm I'm curious about that and maybe a Gotham City Sirens because we have Catwoman here now and oh bruh, bruh, that's um, I'm almost certain that's the same voice actress that does Donna from Cleveland Show. Oh yeah, really? Yo, okay. she is like dumb fine. She got a sexy voice, bro. She's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful actress. Like she's she also does like uh regular television and film. But 
She got that voice, bruh. Like, Catwoman make you whacked up. <laughs> <laughs> that voice, bruh. Yeah, I think it was interesting to also kind of make Catwoman a little bit of a bitch. But um, going into, into season three, I would be interested to see if they do, like, a Suicide Squad or a Gotham City Sirens-type deal. Or a, um, especially with, with Batgirl being there now, I think you could do the full... Um, Maybe a Birds of Prey. Prey. Yeah. So okay. I feel like I feel like there's a chance to kind of do interesting stuff with team ups. Um, the Justice League is back now, so I'm curious to see how they play with that and kind of Gotham being since it's been rebuilt, where it's going to go. Um, Batman healing and his family growing and whatnot. But yeah, I feel like they they got options. But also, if the show end, I'm almost certain they're. I think they're saying that they're thinking about moving Harley Quinn to HBO Max, which would be dope. Um, yeah, no, the, the show definitely deserve that that audience. Because let's be real, not everybody's out there trying to spend their their money. Anybody trying to spend money on DC Universe? Exactly. No one cares about DC Universe that much to try to New Patrol move try to there. put money on it. Exactly, which was a very smart move for that show, and I hope it gets the love it deserves. Cause it's great. Yeah, I'm a I'm gonna go and uh once season two ends, I'm gonna go and actually sit down and watch both seasons. Okay. Yeah, no, it deserves the love. Yeah. And yeah, I'll I'll tell you, I gotta tell you something after we're done recording. But, okay, but that'll, yeah, like that may speed up the process of you of you watching Doom Patrol. Okay. <laughs> um but yeah, if it, I'd also wouldn't have major qualms if it ended on season two i i would want more but i mean the ending wasn't it wasn't bad like if they decide terrible yeah it wasn't terrible if they decided to stop there that'd be fine too but i am hoping for a season three but um let's go into the next topic we got some power ranger shit (laughs) Ooh, go power rangers so power rangers is getting another movie because this is the timeline we live in and uh, apparently, we are getting. Uh, it's supposed to be set in the TV show's continuity, and uh, we we got an announcement recently about Which the new one. Um, well, they're all. So here's the weird thing: all the Power Rangers shows, the American ones, do take place in the same continuity for the most part. I think, except for SPD, which is where I originally stopped. Uh, was right after Dino Thunder finished. And then I started up again. I'm like, all right, let me start with Dino Charge. The shows with dinosaurs, I fucks with them. So I'm a, so Dino Fury uh-huh. is coming out. I'm going to come back to the show again. I got to go and finish Dino Charge. I'll come back, watch Beast Morphers and all that shit. Um, but yeah, there's... So Hasbro and Paramount are doing an upcoming Power Rangers movie. We've got some interesting news coming out of it. Uh, apparently, Lord Zed is set to be the main villain but there's a report saying that the new team of Rangers will be sent back in time by Zordon to the Mighty Morphin era in the 90s. Um, and it doesn't mean that it can't be later in the Mighty Morphin era, so we may also see older versions of famous characters. Um, and apparently one of the OG Red Rangers, Austin St. John, was recently on Beast Morphers for a crossover I need to watch. Uh, okay, that's what's up. Yeah, so the report... People forget that Power Rangers is like the OG trailblazer of uh, inclusive live-action superheroes. Like, it's someone that you don't really consider because they're not, like, they don't really have capes and are flying around and shit. But, like, 
Power Rangers is probably one of the few shows I've seen like various people of color being extremely normalized as taking the leadership role. Um, they've had like three black Red Rangers. Uh, I oh, think, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, like two or three. Um, I think the dude from Dino Charge was Native American. Okay. Some, some type of brown. Super handsome guy. But um, they're continuing to try and be truly diverse. The cast is supposed to include different races and uh, members of the LGBTQ plus community. And oh, do they? Yeah. Okay, progressive, being progressive, I see. Right? I mean, the, the 2017 movie had a, a character on the autism spectrum and another one who was queer-coded. Not queer-coded, she outright said that um, she didn't really care about gender for dating. So she was queer. The blue ring. the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. Um, yeah, I, I really like that movie, actually. It It's it's not bad. It, the actors themselves, God bless them. The the actors themselves make it work. I would say. Um, yeah, it's a basic. Well, I'm sure story. people who are like avid fans of Power Rangers kind of gave it the side eye. Yeah, they, I had I have like minor issues with it, but in terms of the actual acting and like the relatability of the characters, I had no problem with that. The acting was um the acting worked for me and the dynamic of them. Imagining seeing them become a team and seeing them step into roles of leadership, that part was fine. Like the the core part of what made him Rangers, it's just like some aesthetic stuff that I wasn't particularly a fan of in a couple decisions. But um, yeah, they're looking to have a female lead, and the film is potentially shooting in New Zealand, where the show is usually filmed at. Um, I would, I for one, I would love to be a Power Ranger, bro. Like, give me the chance. I will, I will train up that three months and have a thousand rippling abs to do flips and hang out in the nineties. Take me back to to the nineties, bro. <laughs> For real, bring me that Tamagotchi. Bring yeah, me that. Bring, bring me that Tamagotchi, bro. Them old. Oh, bro, I'd have to live through dial-up. Oh, I'd be pissed. But ooh, uh, good luck. Good luck with no email. Right? Uh, no Twitter, bro. No, no black I'll, Twitter. I'll live completely comfortably with no Twitter. <laughs> be a whole comfortable existence. I would sleep better at night. But um, I don't know. What What are your thoughts about about the new Power Ranger movie? I know. A lot of people, they were teasing a sequel to the last one, and then uh, once Hasbro got the rights to them, I think they kind of scrapped that idea. Which does make me a little sad, because I like that lineup. They really grew on me. They all seem like really really solid actors that were really embracing the roles. So um, I'm curious. I think it's interesting, the fact that they're... Yeah, I'm curious, too. I think it's interesting the fact that they're they're rebooting it once again. The Granny Citizen within the original continuity, right? Yeah, I think they're so they're supposed to be the rumors saying they're supposed to time travel, which is some shit that um isn't really new to Power Rangers. They have, you know, Power Rangers Time Force. <laughs> so time travel's not really new. It's a regular thing. Um, but them traveling specifically back to the Mighty Morphin era around the time when it originally started, which I would argue is probably the most popular one. That's the one most people know. Well yeah, like come on, we live in that we live in an age now where the nineties the new eighties, so doesn't surprise me. Right. I'm sure they're definitely going to play off that nostalgia factor in the marketing campaign for it as well. So I think I don't know. I'm I'm pretty hyped for it. You know, I was a. I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Power Rangers head there is alive, but like 
that was that was my show back in the day. Like I was yeah. all up there every Saturday morning, you know, watching Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm hyped. Bring me back to my childhood. Let's see yeah. what you got, Hasbro. Yeah, and um, I mean, the Hasbro seems to be doing okay so far. The the reception of Beast Mor- Beast Morpher seems positive since they got the rights. You know, it's on Nick. It's on uh Netflix. Um, every time like after a season ends, so I'm I'll, I'll be optimistic about it. Power Rangers. It's a simple concept. It is. Uh, I think they're going. It's interesting to see them kind of going full retro and bringing back Lord Zed. I don't know if you, if you, um, you remember him. He was like the meat body looking dude that was married to Rita. I think so. I think I do remember him vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, he looked so like interesting. A, he was like covered in chrome, and he had that big ass staff with a giant Z on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's coming to me loosely, but yeah, it looks like a Godzilla. Cool. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious how you're gonna do that. Um, how that's how that would CGI. look. I hope not. I hope they go practical. I that seeing that in like a 2020 version, I feel like would be scary as hell if you do it right with like the red visor and his like all fleshy and shit. Hmm. I can see it. I can see it. It's like, I have to stop those rangers. I'm like, what? In the? I would be horrified to be like, wait, we got to beat his ass? Um, but yeah, my, my biggest curiosity right now is uh, what the fuck the suits are going to look like. Because that, that was a point of contention the last time they tried to do the movie. They're like, oh, we made him more alien from space. And everyone said, no, nah, don't do that shit again. <laughs> don't you ever do that shit again. Them shits look right. like Iron Man suits. And I I didn't think they looked that much like Iron Man suits, but they definitely look spacey and weird. Yeah. No, it was definitely real CG. Yeah, they, they look like going on. They look like Daft Punk outfits. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. That's yeah. funny. But yeah, I'll watch it, you know. I've I've I as an adult I have no pre invested hype in the world of Power Rangers, but you know, the right. trailer's good, you know? <laughs> the trailer's good, I'm in, you know? You know how this go. Yeah, bro. I, that, that'd be the dream for me. I would love to do a fucking Power Rangers movie. That'd be the shit. Let me, let me find out as a casting call. It's like, what can you do? Uh, you can teach me to flip. We can make it happen. But, um... <laughs> let's get to I'll train trailer. every day. Right, I'll train <laughs> every day, bro. I'll make it... I will... For sure, bro. I'll get the stance down and everything. You know, remember how they would throw their hands around a thousand times to have the longest transformation sequences? I'll do all. I'll do all eighteen teen. All eighteen of those stances. <laughs> all eighteen teeny. All eighteen teen. <laughs> I'll give you all eighteen ten of them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I will call the asses. Form off. Form off a box of Cheerios. <laughs> I'll, I'll sing the theme song. I'll do it all. I'll bring my own. I'll bring my own sword. <laughs> right. I'll come. I'll, I'll wear my own spandex. I'll you only got to pay for me. <laughs> I'll pull up to the audition already in the costume. Like, all right, let's get to it. Huh. My name y'all want is the, Zach. Y'all want the y'all want the mask on? Or y'all want it off? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> you, want the, you want it on or off? Just so you know, for you in the costume department, it's like, did he, did this motherfucker bring his own suit? Is that a custom power rangers? How much did that cost you? I was like, hey, don't worry about that, bro. I'm just here to get the job. <laughs> Start overacting <laughs> harder shit. It's like, hi, my name's Zach. I'm a teenager with attitude. 
and I use a sword. I'm fueled by <laughs> Sabretooth Tiger. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, let's get to these trailers. Um, we got three different trailers that dropped this week. Uh, first, we got season two of The Boys has uh, had its trailer drop. I am hyped as hell. I am so excited, bro. The Boys was one of my favorite shows in 2019. Um, what do you think about the trailer? Oh, 100%. Oh, man, I love The Boys. The Boys, the boys I, I was trying to get the girl I was dating at the time to get the superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. And she, was, she wasn't really about it. And then I showed her The Boys for the first episode. She's like, okay, I can get behind this. Because it's, it's not traditional superhero fare. It's, oh. it's very much a superhero allegory for for fame and celebrity corruption. Mm-hmm. And I really think that the show handles it well. And I'm curious to know where the second season's going to go. I just watched the second, um, the trailer right before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So, so I can be familiar with what we're, what's, what happened within it. And yeah, like, I'm really curious to see where the show goes. I'm liking the direction they're, they're taking with, you know, superheroes still being dicks, you know, the, the boys are actually wanted. I um, yep. really want to know, like, I don't know, kind of wish they hadn't put Billy in the trailer. I kind of wish they would have left that sort of situation that happened at the end of the first season ambiguous. But we know that he ends up back with the the crew. We um, don't oh, know I why, we don't know how, but he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with uh, with, with the Deep. Is, is he going to be? Yeah. I'm wondering uh, how you redeem him. Cause yeah, damn it. Ooh, if you want to talk about you want to talk about fucking karma, the deep. Yikes! I, he I got actually killed, bro. <laughs> he got killed. <laughs> Where are your gills? No, nah, no, nah, it's okay. I, I can't breathe. I'm like, yo, yo, chill. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I mean, I guess he he had it coming. Karma's a bitch. Karma is a bitch, indeed, indeed. No, yeah, that was uh, that was that was disturbing. That was gross. Yeah, <laughs> when I, I, think, uh, I think what I'm most excited for in the upcoming season is more Black Noir. Um, yeah, who, what's what's his deal? Who is like I would say almost objectively the best character. He apparently we don't know um, much about him. I hope we learn learn more about him in season two. I hope we just see more of him doing stuff because these dudes a, a badass. Um, there was something I read somewhere that said Black Noir is the only one that Homelander respects. <laughs> he's the only, he's the <laughs> only one that, uh, of the team that uh, he treats with some respect. I'm like, yeah, I got Black Noir. Looks like the type of man that'll fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't mess with him. All he does is not. But uh, I'm... Is it, so here's the weird thing. Coming out of the boys season one, I was thinking about who my who my favorite characters were. And oddly enough, my favorite characters are probably Starlight and Homelander. Yeah, well, how did how did Starlight end the first season? Because she's not she's not about them, right? She she knows that they're corrupt. Yeah, she's still on the team. So I'm like, I'm wonder where her position's at. I don't remember because it's been a minute since I watched it. Yeah, I'm I'm imagining it's one because I think she let um what was the name Dewey? Oh yeah, she let them go. So she's, she let them go. She's on the I side of the board, trying... so she's like a mole, right? Yeah. Right. I think it's one of those things where she's trying to like either be a mole or trying to make change from within, which is like because she's she's a really cool character. She's a dope character, but I think she's also the one that's like 
trying to fix the oppressive system from within the oppressive system. Right. Which I you know, saw and which what? Ahead. No, go ahead. No, I also liked seeing um, Aisha Cash. She was in one of my other favorite shows of, I want to say last year, the last couple of years called You're the Worst. Mm-hmm. She's a great actor. She's like both amazing comedically and with, with drama. And just seeing her as this new character with some kind of lightning power, giving Emperor Palpatine vibes. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see what she's about. You know, is she going to be like the new, the new threat to Homelander? Is she worse than Homelander? Is she actually a good guy? I don't know. Her, her suit doesn't give me good vibes. But I'm curious to see what what she goes and what kind of character she is because that actress is amazing. Yeah, because I, I was definitely like, I'm like, hold up, who's this storm looking white chick with these electric powers flying in the air? That's that's kind of dope. Who is this? Yeah, yeah, I was about it. I was about it. And then who that that Asian dude who's like, who seemed to have those like, um, I don't know, I don't know how you describe that, like the the concussion powers, like the psychic wave powers, because he like oh. kind of. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, that was really dope. Yeah, they, we have a lot of new heroes showing up in it. I'm, uh, I'm also interested. Yeah, what are they? I want to know how in the shit they're gonna resolve how the end of season one ended because that cliffhanger was huge. Yo, what, I mean, we'll get to it in the next topic, but it looked like, uh, <laughs> like uh, spoilers for the boys season one, but it looked like Billy's wife got caught up in some entanglement with Homelander. <laughs> some entanglement. Some entanglement, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> yeah. Done popped the little super baby out, but damn, pushing this nigglet off the roof. Yeah, that was hilarious. I'm like, dad, okay, dad of the year. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm so. I'm curious how that scene is gonna end. It's gonna end one of two ways. Either that boy is gonna like learn to fly or laser himself off the ground or something, or he's gonna eat shit right on like concrete and grass. And either way, yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Homelander will be like as a dad. And yeah. in that breast milk, as we saw in the trailer. Right, as a man with as a man with massive mommy issues, it'll be interesting to see him as a as a crazy ass father out here. Yeah. You know, he probably pulling up to the house like, uh uh-uh, uh uh, what you giving him all that titty milk for? That's mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what role Billy's I guess ex woman will play and how that all will right. further his development. Like she like, what the hell? <laughs> Like, like, bruh, yeah. bruh, like, I mourned you, like, or I didn't mourn you, I, I couldn't get over you, and now you're just here, just chilling. Are you getting your cheeks clapped by blonde racist Superman? Oh, my God. Oh, my entire <laughs> world crumbles. But, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> Homelander is interesting. This is the first time in a while I think I've really, really liked a villain, because I think his backstory is also really interesting, but he's also, like, a big dick. So he's, he's yeah. entertaining. The um the dude they got to play him is just he's great, man. I don't I would love to see him as as like an actual Superman down the road. I feel like he could pull it off. Or a Captain Yo, if this man was Captain America in a, in another timeline, bruh. I could see it. He he is in cap vibes. But he yeah. has like a like a slimy, like I don't know, man. There's something like he looks heroic, but like sinister at the same time. I think that was perfect casting for, for Homelander. Strong Nazi energy, you know. <laughs> strong Nazi energy. But do you think if, he, if his hair is black, he'd give you strong Superman energy? 
Shit, maybe. I saw a picture of him. Apparently, his natural hair is like a dark brown. So he's not really? that long. Yeah, I was surprised. Too. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? It's like when I found out um, Chris Evans' hair wasn't blonde. I'm like, really? Oh, uh, okay. So you're, Hollywood is a lie. Damn. Hollywood's a lie. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing him with, with black hair. He could be Bruce Wayne. He could do it. Yeah. <laughs> he could fuck up some Bruce Wayne. He could beat Robert Pattinson's ass. I could see it. <laughs> yeah. I get, I'm about it. I, I, I can get behind it. Or Superman, yeah. Yeah. Superman, too. Seems like a cool dude. But yeah, um, season two looks good. I'm hyped. The only thing that's kind of disappointing is uh, their rollout for it. I believe they're dropping the first three episodes and then adding a new episode every Friday for a 10-episode season. Okay. What Which, about it? Yeah, it's an interesting way to go. I got to go... Uh, See uh, how I can get access to Prime again. I'm sure there's a way. Cause the money expired. Yeah, I'm also looking on. Um, I'm looking on Google Images. I think the actor's name is mm-hmm. Anthony Starr, and there's a Photoshop. Yeah, this dude as Reverse Flash, and I was like, Yo, yo, he would make a good Reverse Flash. Actually, he might make a good Barry because he's actually blonde too. That is true. That is true. Like a good older Barry. Like a, or I guess like a Barry's in his, in his 30s. Yeah. Which is usually how I imagine him to be anyway. Late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Mid 30s. I agree. But, um, yeah, boy season two looks good. Um, we got another season two trailer for Umbrella Academy. Uh, have you seen the first season? I have. I love the first season. I do too. That was, that was one of my other favorite uh, shows from last year. I'm like, bro, this shit is fire. This has no you reason know, to be as good as it is. Was it last year or two years ago when this show came out? It might have been two years ago. Damn. Like, I, yeah, I, I love... What's, okay, what's the superhero team name in, in The Boys? Um, are, they, are they called... The, not The League. Maybe. The Justice I don't crew? know, but... The Justice Crew, sure. Uh, let's say <laughs> that. I, I, I think the... As much as I, I love them, I think the I think the Umbrella Academy get their their, their cheeks clapped by the the Justice Crew, <laughs> the Justice oh. Squad. Oh, for for sure, for sure. <laughs> oh, the the Seven—that's what they were called. The Seven, yeah, the Seven would would whoop the uh, Umbrella Academy halfway oh, to sure. Sunday. Um, what do you think about the trailer for Umbrella Academy season two? That looks like pure chaos. I'm here for it. Pure chaos, pure wacky, kind of a long trailer too. I was like, I was watching yeah. it again, a long three minutes. <laughs> I was yeah. a lot more than I wanted to see. Um, I don't, I'm not too familiar with the comics, so I'm not sure if this is the direction that the comic goes in. Um, for the, for the I've only read the first volume, so I can't speak on it either. But yeah, I'm like, it seems totally consistent with the first one. Part of me is like, mm-hmm. how are they gonna? S- make me care again like i already care about these characters i'm like oh now we gotta stop them from ending the world in the 60s i'm like okay so yeah kind of it's kind of like the same thing but different time zone okay all right we'll see where this goes like i'm i'm curious but i think i'm more excited for the boys like i was kind of like i'm about it i'm i'm looking forward to this show but it kind of feels like they're they're retreading waters with a new skin on it Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's only a trailer, and you only get like 
a few things from a three minute trailer. So I'm still going to watch it and I'm still loving the, the weirdness and wackiness of it all. But I wasn't as excited for it as I am the boys season two. Yeah, I think for um, Umbrella Academy, it's more of a the boys has me excited. Umbrella Academy has me highly curious because they, they both end on really interesting cliffhangers that go very different directions. Because, like, I'm curious how spoilers for uh, Umbrella Academy season one. Um how they're all getting back together, what the kind of time patrol has to do with it, and who these new blonde-haired-looking people are that are trying to kill them and, I guess, have the apocalypse go forward. Uh, My biggest thing that got me really excited is the fact that Allison can talk again. Allison, Allison. Yeah! That's right. Yeah. It happens two times in the trailer. Um, once around the middle, randomly she says something, and there, there's a brief scene that, of a pan out of her sitting next to someone, and I'm like, oh shit, is that an interpreter? I was scared that she she wasn't going to talk this season. Um, and then it cuts to the end scene with her and um, her and Diego and the rest of the family talking, and it's like you know, she never uses Vanya her, power. her throat, right? Yeah, that it's bitch, fine. that yeah. bitch Vanya. <laughs> I'm curious to see what her dynamic's going to be like in season two with the rest of the the rest of the crew. Yeah, and if she still has her powers, um, is, is yeah. another thing. And, and we see that uh, somebody like dodges Diego's knife throwing somehow, and it lands into a like a wooden beam. So I'm really curious how the characters are going to find themselves because it looks like what I'm thinking. My prediction is that they're all launched across different points in time and history. And five essentially has to gather them back so that they can stop the apocalypse again in 65 relating to the assassination of JFK. That's, that's my guess as to what's going down. Cause they all seem to be in highly different places. Uh, Klaus is running a cult. Um, number one, the big burly, what's the name? Luther or whatever is like doing underground fighting rings um okay i did have a question so what's his is that was ben's the the one who's already dead right yeah ben's the asian ghost brother the asian ghost brother well we saw a shot of him closing a door so i'm like what is he actually alive is he does he come back to life like what's what's the deal with that going on well remember at the end of uh season one when they got in that fight his powers were able to like work through klaus Oh, yeah. what were so his powers could, again? Um, he could like summon tentacles and shit. Oh, that's right, that's right. That's I remember, right. It, like, no, so I don't know. Maybe was, I don't know. It's yeah, it wasn't a power we saw. No, yeah, but do you remember that shot in the trailer where we see him closing a door? It was, it was I, very small. It was very quick. I'd, have to, go, I'd have to go back and look, but I, I believe you because that's that's another inter- like how does Allison? T- I think this is setting up a lot of questions. For this one, rather than yeah. the boys, which is like a, a lot of hype. Yeah, and then I don't know what the dude, the, what's up with the dude with the fishbowl head. I thought that was weird. I don't know what that's about either. But you know, I'm excited for it. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to watch both shows. Abs- absolutely. Uh, Umbrella Academy is sooner, right? Isn't that like uh, 
what? I think that July 31st. Yeah, I think it's that's this month. Um, I'm pretty sure The Boys is in early fall. September. Yeah, and so I'm probably excited for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Umbrella Academy is a dope show. I'm excited for that too. Uh, the last trailer I kind of wanted to do a brief mention of is is that Persona Five had its English dub announced. Uh, the anime itself has gotten a mixed reception from fans. I haven't sat down and watched it. Uh, it came out like a year and a half, maybe two years ago, just because of how the animation went and whatnot. But I'm willing to give it a chance since I've been playing more of my Shin Megami Tensei games. I got Persona 4 Golden on the computer. So, um, I mean, I'm just happy that it's getting a dub. It's getting a full release, I think, in August or September to pre-order. I really want, I'm really hoping it's streaming somewhere like Hulu or Netflix or some shit so I can watch it. Um, I don't know if you, you follow... If you follow Persona Five at all, very good game. I hear I hear good things about it. I've never actually played it before, though. I'd say I don't um, know about Persona Five. I'd say watch a a trailer for it. You don't have to play any of the other Personas. Um, it's recommended. They're they're good games, but Five is probably the most stylistic, and it's also the newest one. Um, if you if you watch a trailer, see what you think about it. It's like half. High school simulator, half RPG. Um, if you want to pick up, the newest one is Royal that came out back in March. I'd say pick that one up because of a bunch of DLC and extra shit. So if you've if you've never played it, but I, I like it. Um, I really like the story and kind of the concepts related to rebellion. I really fuck with the aesthetic of it. The voice acting is pretty solid in my opinion. I like the voice acting. They they were told to do pronunciations a certain way, which kind of bothers me a little bit but it's what they were told to do so i can't blame the voice actors for that so like like one of the characters name is a uh, ryuji sakamoto uh has it yeah sakamoto but they say sakamoto sakamoto like, <laughs> wait how do they say it again so as americans we would say um sakamoto mm-hmm. but like s-a-k-a-m-o-t-o but um the way they had them pronounce it in the game is Sakamoto. So like oh. the inflection is in like the middle and it sounds, it, it's a weird complaint that I completely understand because it threw me off. Um, or like there's another character, the blonde chick's name is a uh, Antakamaki, but it's like, Oh, Takamaki. It's like, ah, <laughs> like every time I hear my ears like wince, it's like, why did you make them do this? Right, like that ain't right. <laughs> That's like, very odd. Yeah, something about that ain't right. But um, yeah, I'd say check out a trailer for five five row. I I highly recommend it. It will. I hope you have some time. It it'll take you time. These okay. are um, if you speed by it and don't give a fuck about any of like the extraneous stuff, just going straight plot and straight gameplay, the game still takes you like a minimum of 65 hours. God damn. (laughs) That's a long game. Right. And mind you, me being someone that does play JRPGs regularly, uh, I think I, when I beat it, it was like 118 hours I put into the game over the course of of a couple months. And is that doing while doing side stuff as well? 
Yeah, this is like getting fully engulfed into like it's when I say it is um it is half like fighting RPG or like half gameplay, half high school simulator. I'm not kidding. I mean, you have to balance school, work, relationships while also like fighting evil people and uh stealing hearts and and saving lives. Wow. Okay. So. Okay. It's <laughs> good. It it just takes a lot of time. <laughs> no, I can imagine so. <laughs> but you know, it's not like something I'm, I would be interested in dabbling with. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say you know, watch some trailers, see some reviews, see what you think. Um, stylistically, I think it's good. It has really good music. It's fun. Um, it it just it. I play JRPGs, so I'm used to kind of investing time into stuff. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> But um, the last thing uh, we we brought up uh, <laughs> brought up some entanglements earlier. <laughs> this kind of leans more into the uh, pop culture news aspect of what we talk about here on the Ace Podcast. So, have you kept up with this whole shebangle about um the snitch man himself, August Alcina, fucking up the oh. game for us wholesome oh. men? <laughs> I'm 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 pretty caught up. I'm pretty I'm pretty versed. Okay. The details of what's going on with with all this all these entanglements. Right. So uh, today as we uh well as we have recorded this um a red table talk episode has come out from Jada and Will just kind of addressing a lot of the the rumors and, and speculation about the nature of their relationship and everything that happened with August um and it's only 12 minutes but it's a really loaded 12 minutes and um very telling very telling um i i used to be a regular for red table talk for like the first season i think what it's doing in terms of content is actually really good this episode was very different um will's no stranger to the show but i think this was definitely a situation of you could see i was telling my mom earlier i'm like you can see pain in a man's eyes that's rooted in how deeply he loves somebody else. And despite this having happened like four and a half, five years ago, you can clearly tell there's still some, some residual emotions to it. Oh yeah. It still affects him. Yeah. I don't think he wanted to talk about it, but I think he knew he had to for the sake of public image and where, culture is now in terms of these conversations it's kind of unavoidable and it would right no he didn't, it would follow yeah him. yeah he, he even said it like it's, it's not a it's not anybody's business but i mean since since they hear and this is their platform yeah that's it and yeah man he you didn't tell she really hurt him she did <laughs> right. he was like like what did you do? Tell, tell the people. What... <laughs> so so we're at your show. Tell them, Jada. What did you do? I'm like, oof, that oof, that came from a poof. <laughs> that came from a real place. You like that, that was whole chest. I feel like it was half. I feel like parts of it seemed like maybe not rehearsed to a T, but like things that they were gonna say before they went on camera. Like yeah. the whole thing about him being very, very sick and stuff. I'm like, that felt like something they, yeah. they got on the same page about. 
Also, Which, the uh, the bad the bad marriage for life. That felt like something they had gone over before the camera started rolling. I thought that was just them being really, really corny, but I can see that. I know the sickness thing is true, because August Alcina disappeared from uh, from music. Like, it did make a couple news headlines way back when it happened for him being sick. I wasn't sure what it was. All I know is that he was he was sick from something. Uh, I, th- I think it was a physical ailment, like lupus or something. And oh, okay. I thought they are talking about like, mentally ill. Well, and I think... I think that also subsequently happened too. I think it might have been a mix. Okay. I feel like I walked away from this the whole dread table talk giving Jada the side eye. Because it didn't a lot of things didn't make her look good. It did not make her look very good. <laughs> I didn't realize there were so many people that didn't like Jada until recently. Um, I had no like, problem with Jada prior to this. I, I didn't. I've never had an issue with Jada. I mean, I've seen her in movies. I've seen her in a. She was great in a different world. I fucked with her every then. Um, I I think, but I realized like, but th- then this is from even before the August testing and stuff. A lot of people have been suspicious about Jada as an individual, um, and I didn't realize that people were were suspicious of Will. Either regarding his uh, sexuality, like I was listening to one of you know one of my go to podcasts, and she was like, "I always got the vibe that Will was um, uh, kind of bisexual," and I'm like, "Really? I I never personally, you know, and I have no problem with it. That vibe. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it, but I never got that vibe from him. I never got that vibe um, at all. I never. I mean, there's, I." Usually you can kind of tell. I don't want this to sound like that's a thing. You, it's not like you look at someone like, oh, they're straight, oh, they're gay, da da da. But um, like a fair amount of, I, I feel like in 2020, if he was, he would be probably one of the first to be out. Mm-hmm. Like by now, I feel like I that. feel like he doesn't want if he were to come out. I, mean, I feel like it would affect his his. Uh, not as, I may, I guess, part in his, his market, marketability, because I know a lot of people, like, even the most, <laughs> I feel like even the most racist of people, they're like, like yeah, yeah, I don't like Bill Smith. Even they like Will Smith. Will Smith, though. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like yeah. if you were to come out as bisexual, they'd be like, Will Smith is gay. Not my, like, they would, I don't know. I feel like that would. Yeah, and, and even though in 2020, I feel like it would still hurt his his marketability. Yeah, and, and, even though it wouldn't affect me, but I feel like certain more conservative people would kind of be turned off by that fact. No, I agree with you. And black people always have a have a really big stigma with like potential with black men potentially being like bisexual. Um, there's a really big issue with that, especially with like regarding black masculinity. But I think in in Will's case, I just I think it's because him and Jada are very particular with how they brand themselves, not just as a couple, but also as a family. Um, They're definitely one of those upper echelon black couples where we kind of don't really consider potential flaws in their relationship. Um, Right. So then like the, like the Hollywood equivalent to like the Cosby family or something. Yeah. Um, and, and I think another reason 
that people were suspicious of Will is kind of the nature of the manner in which he raised his kids. Because his kids, uh, well, two of his kids, Trey, no one talks about Trey, poor Trey. He's the oldest one. <laughs> he was the firstborn. But Jaden and Willow are very uh, atypical in, yeah. in, in regards to how they act culturally um, in comparison to like the expectations of black black young adults around the same age. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. They're very, I feel like Will and Jada very much promoted the exploration of individuality within that. Right. They're, they're both their upbringings. Right. And, and I think, I, I think there, there's been a lot of conversations recently about whether or not Will and Jada still can be seen as a positive, yeah, as like a positive reflection of relationship. And at the end of the day, I still think it kind of is because even though I'm certain they were particular, they were extremely particular throughout that 12 minutes regarding what type of words, what the verbiage was, what the language was, the tonality of it. Um, so like you I could feel like Jada was more thought out than Will was though. I feel like Will yeah, there were certain moments absolutely. of it, but Will was just like like let's go. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna say like if you like I'm gonna call you on some shit if you try to if you try to water it down or like play it down. Right. I, I Jada seemed like she might have tried to do a little too much of cause like when I'm watching it, I'm like, sis, just say what happened. Cause she was really she was really particular. She's like, well. Uh, when Og came to us, you know, you and I were separated at the time, and and what became was a uh, an entanglement. He's like, I can see the look in his eyes. He's like, entangled, bitch. Think you're gonna say what you mean, <laughs> he's, right? He's like, he's like, oh, and it's a, a relationship. And I I noted how he corrected her. She's like, a relationship, yeah. And I'm like, she didn't want to say it. Exactly. <laughs> she she really didn't want to say that. Um. But I, I think it can't. I think they still do. They still reflect, despite going through this rough patch, despite going through that separation so many years ago, and that fighting that almost pushed them to the brink of ending their relationship. I think there's still something to admire about the willingness to have a candid conversation with your partner and to still grow from it and like do work to improve the relationship. But the thing is, I, I going back to what you said about how Jada looks at the end of this, she doesn't, I'm not saying this is how I feel, but the way it looks is she doesn't come out looking like the good guy. No. Cause in my opinion, I feel like August, she, she even said this in a thing that she's someone that, tries to vicariously heal herself by trying to help other people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And August, when he met them, was in a very, I'm sure both physically and vulnerable place and caught her at a time where she was lacking something within her space. So to me, Mm -hmm. it comes across as August fell in love with her from a place of I guess from a place of vulnerability and like he vulnerability like he felt and support. Her. Vulnerability and support. And then I felt like 
she views her experience with him as like a stepping stone to her own growth, which yeah. I feel like granted, I feel like that's what relationships like technically kind of should be, but just the they way of blaming that is is fucked up. It right. can be, not always, but I think inherently is is kind of messed up. It it there's a lot of positions that it hits from. So if you're if you're what how it looks is that in a moment of separation, and we don't know what Will was doing. My 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 head canon, my belief is that he might have tried it and realized it wasn't for him and that he really did really love Jada and he really couldn't bring himself to do it. I'm still like in terms of the timeline it lines up, I think I do kind of think he might have had a thing with Margot Robbie briefly and it just okay. 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 I think just for everything we know, granted we don't know everything about Will Smith. We don't know everything. We, we don't know. Everything I know. This is I my still, theory. Okay. Okay. Say your theory. That, that's just uh, oh no, I'm just saying my theory is that during because it was about four and a half, five years ago that lines up with around the time focus and suicide squad were like filming. So I do think there might've been a little thing with him and Margot Robbie that kind of petered out during their separation time. But in regards to how it looks for Jada, my, how I'm thinking is how this looks is that Jada was in a moment of, um, emotional openness and receiving and working on herself being separated from will. So August Alcina was like 21, 22. He's still a grown-ass man, but he was also a grown-ass man in a emotionally and potentially health-wise, physically vulnerable position taken in by this couple and ends up forming this strong relationship with someone who's much older than him. And, you know, so like he, he did develop a love for her, but he ended up being, like you said, the stepping stone for her to get back with Will. But when Will found out, it still, even though it wasn't, it was only a separation, so it wasn't like a full divorce, and like, in the grounds of legality and ethics, it's not that bad, but it's also, you gotta think about it, her husband is Will fucking Smith. Right. Like, in the eyes of most people, that's like, as close as you get to a Disney prince, <laughs> especially in like the black community where there's a I lot of conversation. Huh? I think she started it because everything we know publicly about Will Smith, he's all about, all about winning. I feel like he's very much one publicly very much wanted to be somebody who was about the foundation, about the family, mm-hmm. you know, about that family unit. So I feel like, yeah, he's huge. in the yeah, he's huge in the family, the family, the unit business. And I feel like when they maybe were having trouble, I feel like Jada wanted to find her individuality while Will wanted to try to mend and fix and fix the, the family unit foundation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she needed to go out and figure out her, her situation. So I feel like, and you get the, you get the sense that one, Augustine didn't ask for Will's permission because, like, there's only one. Per- she seen, she even said that. Oh yeah, like, that part one was weird. Person you can ask. Yeah, you only ask me for my permission or something like that. And the way yeah, the August way August worded like, that wrong. Yeah, and the way I was when he was like, um, like, oh, I'm gonna get you back, gives me the impression that she did something to hurt him. 
before there was ever an agreement for them to split up. Yeah, that was that when he said that both times, she's she's like, oh, you so petty. He's like, he's like, no, nah, no, but really, I'm like, that was half joking, half serious. So either he's like, already he gotten her back or. <laughs> she's like, no, he was like, I'm going to get you back. She's like, I don't think anyone needs to get anyone back. She's like, no, like, but I'm going to get you back. And I'm just like, here's the thing. This is, I hate to say it. This is some of the best acting that Will has done in a, in a hot minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which is weird because this is just him being extremely vulnerable and real with his like wife that he loves and his love for 25 plus years. But like, I don't think I've ever seen this level of like candor or candidness come out in some of his recent roles, which is fucking wild to me to see. Like, I'm like, man, if you could tap into this shit for your acting role, bro. That Oscar would have been yours years ago. If you had tapped into this shit four or five years ago when it first happened. Wait, say that last part again? Uh, I was saying if you like tapped into this pain four or five years ago when it first happened, I feel like some of them uh, some of them roles he did <laughs> would have hit mad different. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that Man, this this opening this whole this whole thing up again mm-hmm. could probably reopened some some wounds. I'm sure. Like yeah. once that camera cut off, like granted they ended with that fist bump, but I don't know. You don't know how it was when the camera stopped rolling. You know. So he and fist bumped his wife. Like, man, not like a kiss is- or a hug. He is like bad marriages for life. I'm like, oh boy. And I'm, maybe I'm even in context, that sounds weird. I felt like if you look back at it when they fist bumped, they're fist bumping each other, but she's looking down and he's like looking directly at her, which mm-hmm. I feel like subtly implied that she feels guilty about what she had done. I, I think I think what really did it is him making her admit what it was. And I think there's a I do think there's kind of a conversation there about when when the woman kind of fucks up in the relationship her being held accountable for it i think this is one of the really big cases of that because i think had the relationship with august either one not existed or two it was clearly like an open relationship type deal and he just got caught up and got his heart broken it would have played out way differently. Yeah. So do you think that as of right now, they, they actively have an open relationship or do you think that was an incident in time in which um, other people were lied to their message, their marriage? I, I do think that as much as they've denied it, I do think um, they have a, an open marriage type uh relationship but at the same time i don't think august was part of that mm, you think that was a separate i think that was a separate to their to their right. agreement yeah i think that was exclusive to the whole in- incident about them being separated maybe that was what inspired the idea for it um 
because I know there's always been rumors about Will being with other people. There's been rumors about Jada being with other people. I remember there were rumors that she was dating Mark Anthony way back when, when I was um when I was a kid. Uh, so like those rumors have been around, and if they have an open one or not, at the end of the day, that's their business. That doesn't affect me. I, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole situation is their business. It doesn't affect me. But at the same time, I do think there are a lot of conversations to have regarding relationships. But I think the August thing was was separate. I think that was unrelated to them potentially having an open relationship. I think that was just a revolt, a result of the separation and Jada trying to kind of find what she needs, but it, it just ends up not looking the best. Cause at the end of the day, uh, two black men who are pretty, who pretty much don't have a lot of controversy around them ended up getting hurt in the process at different yeah. points. And that's why it ends up not looking good, especially in a time where there's like not a lot of not enough support for black women doing great things and kind of like being the torchbearers of movements. I I don't think this exactly ends up reflecting the best on Jada and she can't help the timing of this. Even when she made the post on like Facebook or Twitter, she was like, you know, we were debating when to release this because we didn't know if there was ever a good time, but it seems like there will never be a good time. So we just put it out there, which is a fair point with everything that's been going on with like social justice and the marches and the virus and everything. I don't know if there was a good time. All I know is that all this started because August couldn't keep his lips shut. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm like, so all of this started because old Donald McRonald looking ass boy over here was promoting his 19 song long ass album, which I hear is good. God bless him. I'm glad he's in good health. Um, but bro, look, I I feel like collectively every man threw up their hands like, God damn, bro, you fucking up the game. Yeah. You ain't supposed to be. Come on, man. You know, yeah. you know the rules. You know the unspoken rules. You know the rules. You are the side piece. You are a dish that comes as a serving occasionally. Like exactly. Now we gotta. <laughs> now we gotta be over here watching Will Smith cry. Like that, that <laughs> shit hits. We ain't seen Will Smith cry since what? Seven pounds? Uh, was a lot of times <laughs> man cried in the movie. Oh man. Probably. Probably. I don't doubt it. Uh, yeah, it was like maybe seven pounds or whatever that shitty Christmas movie was that he got roped into. But mm. yeah, I mean the the whole entanglement situation. I will say the memes that have come out of this are absolutely fucking hilarious. Oh, great! They're great. <laughs> yeah, they're they're great. Um, I don't know. You you have any other thoughts? I I had another potential thing. I don't know if you want to talk about it or not. The whole thing with the Zendaya and John David Washington filming in quarantine. Before we close up, oh, that that was interesting. I thought that was a really cool project that they kind of, kind of got involved with. And as far as the will thing goes, uh, no, we kind of, we really we kind of covered everything with that. Yeah. Okay. But um, I don't know if you had any thoughts on the uh, what's uh, ah, forgetting the name of the damn movie. This starts with an M. Um, but yeah, they they filmed the whole movie in quarantine. Apparently, they took a lot of precautions. Um, I thought that was really cool of them. That's that's creative. I'm I'm a little weirded out about the, the potential age difference between okay. uh, 
David Washington and then Zendaya. I'm like, that so seems I'm weird. One that thinks that's really fucking weird. I'm I'm kind of hoping that that's not where they're going with it. But the it's picture also, looked like it. the picture looked like that though. It it looks exactly like that, and it's the showrunner from Euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking that's where it's leaning. I'm wondering what what in the hell this story could be. I'm I'm curious. Like I love both those actors. I I really like season one of Euphoria. And they filmed a whole movie and like yeah, Zendaya asked him to write a movie in six days. And he sure enough he did it. And then he said, "Say less. <laughs> <laughs> say less. I got Literally, you. Say less." He pulled up with a script. Imagine writing a script in six days. This motherfucker was on it. God damn. Hey, no second draft or nothing. Just going. I was going to shoot. Right. It, it, <laughs> okay. Yeah, he wrote it out. No second draft. They filmed and shot the shit um, in like a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. Like, right. They just wrapped like July 3rd or some shit. That must be, that must be like a, a super indie movie. <laughs> yeah. To do this, this low key. The way the production went seems super duper tight. Like they said, they had no more than uh, 12 people in a location, in a room at the same time. Um, they were practicing out in open air. They rented like a location in a in a locked off part of, of California that was mm-hmm. like far away from um, civilization. People got tested anytime they entered or left. Um, and then after they wrapped, everyone stayed in quarantine for two weeks, I think, before and after produ- like production was dumb tight. Um, so it I does. Yeah, I, I got to respect it. I think. What I'm curious about is, do you think this is going to transfer over to like mainstream films? Because I don't think it can. No, I think this has it has to be like an exclusive indie thing. Yeah, uh, you can't do like Jurassic World with this type of shit. Even though I know they're yeah. trying to go back to the shooting, I'm like, I don't, I don't think you can. I don't. Someone's definitely catching Rod on on Jurassic World if they're trying to go back. <laughs> I just a lot of. Everybody wants to go back to production. I'm like, I don't think you like even with them casting this new Batwoman. How the fuck did they do that? Exactly. Probably just webcam interviews or something. Like, I don't know, man. Like, when are we? Like, I feel like we're not going to get some new entertainment for like a minute. Like, it's going to be a dry rest of 2020. And just like maybe we don't start seeing stuff until like the second half of 2021. No, I mean, anime. That's if if Florida and and the rest of the world behave. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Florida. Yeah, fucking Florida, fucking up the them and like all these and like twenty some odd other states keep fucking up, including my state too. We're fucking up here too, so I can't. I can only talk so much shit. But like, oh, bruh, like Cali over here looking like they're trying, but we got some high cases too. Los Angeles cases are stupid high, bro. Right uh, North Carolina cases been spiking for a minute. I'm like, nigga, put your goddamn mask on. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Like people don't be caring. I'm like, yo, Corona's real. Corona's real. Yeah. Whoever's listening to this, I was supposed to see my. I was supposed to be in Florida today to see my girl, and the day before I leave, she tells me she has Corona. Like, goddamn, like, it's real. I went. I went on a. Um, I went out with somebody, and we were getting food. First of all, it was weird sitting in like a public space. We were still like six feet apart from any other people there. So they're still like social distance while we're eating our food. But um, she was telling me about how like she had people in her family who were deniers of Corona and then caught that shit. 
I'm Yo. like, karma came for that ass with the quickness. Bro, bro, tell me why. Okay, tell me why the girl I'm dating, right? Mm-hmm. She said she thinks she got it from her brother. And she thinks she got it on Fourth of July. And mm-hmm. though her mom and her dad were both sick first, they they're like, and then she got officially officially kind of diagnosed with it they're like no nah, i don't got corona <laughs> i ain't sick. like her dad is like yeah i'm still going to church <laughs> no mask uh, <laughs> i'm like Bruh. what yeah like i don't got it i'm, I'm fine i'm going to church <laughs> if i say i don't have it it's not real <laughs> if i go to the doctor they're gonna tell me something's wrong with me i don't got corona <laughs> <laughs> as long as i claim it it doesn't exist Exactly in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I think that'll do it. I think we have we have talked for a hot minute about all the things we talked about going on in the world. Quick um, question though, I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. Have you seen Hamilton yet? No, I need to sit down and watch it. Um, oh, okay. I, I I think I might try and watch it sometime this weekend. I've actually been watching a lot of commentary on it i'm familiar with it because i've listened to the soundtrack multiple times it's a beautiful soundtrack. oh no yeah, i so. couldn't i couldn't listen to it till i watched it i was like i need to see this in context but yeah um, the music's fire the music's fire oh yeah no music music fire lin-manuel miranda is is a is a modern genius god bless that man um but no i i might give it i might try and give it a try because i noticed it's still like two and a half hours which is actually pretty short as far as musicals go, having been in some. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's definitely, as I said, I think it's paced very well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I sat down for a whole two and a half hours, two, two hours and 40 minutes, didn't yeah. pause or get up once. So that was just so enthralled. I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's the sign of, of, of true, true art right there. It'll just keep you in your seat in the age of Netflix where you're just going to get up or pause it at any moment. You just don't get up at all. I was like, okay, I commend this movie. Right, right. Shout outs. Shout out to Lin-Manuel, David Diggs, um, Leslie Odom Jr., the whole cast and crew of that. They made it happen. I'm so happy, too, that it's there since, um, since I won't get to see fucking In the Heights this summer. Oh, that makes me upset. His, uh, his first musical that he did before he did Hamilton which if you um listen to I've listened to some of the music for it you can tell where his style starts to begin so if you if you watch or listen to In the Heights and then watch and listen to Hamilton you can pick up what Lin-Manuel's musical style is like when you get to watch something like Moana right yeah no I can definitely feel it in Moana now that I've seen Hamilton mhm you can pick up it's like oh yeah he did this it was that and uh he did a song for Star Wars The Force Awakens, and you know exactly which one is his. Really? Now I don't know which one it is. Now I need to go back and look at Star Wars. It's the Cantina song. I need to look at the Cantina song again. I need to go back and yeah, YouTube it, that up. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's weird, but his music has a sort of kind of like a bouncy kind of cadence to it. Um, yeah. So like, they're, even though they're singing in an alien language, when I heard that he was doing a song for it, I'm like, yeah, this is his. <laughs> this is his. Yeah. It sounds, this sounds very Hamiltonian somehow. But it wasn't like a rap. It's just something, how he composes music. Interesting. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Every time I think of a song in Star Wars, it's the, 
from the remakes of like the Uka da da Uka ba ba like that whole oh, thing. Bro. Oh my gosh! Not the, <laughs> the Jabba the Hutt scene with the, the Jabba the Hutt scene with like the blues singing prostitute thing with the yeah. big ass, the them big ghetto ass lips. <laughs> It's so weird, though. She it's looked so like weird. a whole ass minstrel. It's like, Uka Tuna, Ika, no, Kodi, Chi, Chi. It's like, what the bitch? <laughs> what does this say to me? <laughs> I heard it sounded like a racist Japanese stereotype, the whole song. Seriously, exactly. Oh, man. But, all right. I feel like that'll, that'll do us for the week. Aaron, my man, where can people find you at? You can find me on the Instagram at the real Aaron Alexander. That is my currently only place on the internet you can find me. But well, well versed it is. Check me out, y'all. Oh uh, yeah, check them out. And um, if you're looking for me, you can find me on IG and YouTube and SoundCloud. All at Will the Greatest. That is where you know I post my content. I should have some new videos coming up soon, so that'll be fun to do. As well as this podcast. Um, it, don't forget to leave questions uh, or just DM me <laughs> questions with that hashtag ask ace and um, be good to yourself. Actually, was there something else that I had to mention? I mean, other than like a wrestling, out on SoundCloud, yo. Oh yeah. Check me out on SoundCloud. Uh, arrest the cops. They killed Brianna Taylor. Be good to yourselves. Take care of yourselves. I'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to the show. Have a good one. Peace and blessings.